What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. As an organizer, there maybe might have been times I have been in meetings where phones were perhaps not necessarily welcome, but that has been a case-by-case basis. What about keeping your phone off the grid completely? Phone anonymity. What is it? Who should have it? How to get it? That's what we're discussing with our guests today. Their articles in the markup are as part of the Level Up series are called Without a Trace, How to Take Your Phone Off the Grid and Without a Trace, How to Keep Your Phone Off the Grid. We are joined this morning by Monique Madden, who investigates tech at the intersection of criminal justice, social justice, government accountability, and immigration with the markup. Good morning, Monique. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for being on the show. We're also joined by Wesley Callow, who supports the Markup staff product and tech needs, keeping equipment and software up to date and secure. Good morning, Wesley. Good morning, Kat. Um, Monique, let's start with you. What was the incident or incidents that got you to thinking that maybe as a journalist, you needed a phone that was off the grid? Yeah, for sure. I, I think there are a slew of, of incidents that have happened, but I think Three really stuck out to me when I was writing this piece, and it was for sure, I mean, I kind of take you through it when I I described this sedan following me home after I wrote a story that got someone fired here in Miami, and I remember feeling petrified, right? Uh, someone knew my address. Um, that followed, you know, death threats followed that, so that was one incident, and then a second one was when my address was published in in a virtual chat room with thousands of people in in that chat room. And that was really a, a sign to me that something needed to change with um, my communication methods. And then the third, I think the most prominent for me was basically when the U.S. government barred me from or blocked me from communicating with the people that I was covering within the U.S. immigration system, um, within the ICE detention unit. So I think those three things really made me think about, okay, I something needs to change. I need to make sure that, that something is done differently as I continue to cover these communities. Well, Monique, before we move on, I just want to say I'm sorry because I empathize. I, too, have been doxxed. I had to move out of the home that I purchased for my child because my address was published, and I, too, have endured death threats. And I know as a woman moving through this world how intense and scary that can be. So I just want to honor your humanity in this moment and apologize um, that you had that experience. Um, Thank you. Those words mean a lot to me. Yeah, um, we got to be in solidarity. And I also celebrate, right, that you what you then did was empower yourself to keep yourself safe, uh, which is something we celebrate on this show. Wesley, for folks who may not understand, right, the connection to like getting your phone off the grid and how people can track you, can you just talk about like how much of most people's phone information is out in the world and just accessible to the general public? Sure. Um, I mean, most people just take their phone straight out of the box and just run with it um, and assume that everything's okay and secure. And for the most part, it is. But if you are somebody who is making waves in the world and drawing attention to yourself and you don't want to be open like that and make your phone more anonymous, there are steps you can take. And a lot of them are pretty simple. And quite frankly, 
the big players in the game, um, Apple, iOS, and Android, they actually have a lot built into their platforms to make that happen pretty easily for the end user. And so, so it's... So Monique, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 Wesley, you go ahead. I apologize. Oh, it's just, I mean, basically, they don't really advertise it because they want to have all the customers assume that, that they're safe and they can trust them. And that's great. But there are definitely steps to take to make sure that you're not always a beacon out there setting out information about where you are, what you're doing. Um, it's pretty insidious how deep it can go, depending on how you have your phone configured. And I think we go into that a lot in uh, both articles. Um, but one thing just off my mind, just one thing in my mind. I'm going to walk us through step by step. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna walk us. I'm gonna walk my listeners step by step to the article because, for folks who want to follow along and perhaps take these steps themselves, I want them to be um, super duper clear. But as you were talking, Wesley and Monique, feel feel free to weigh in here because I just reconfigured my phone. They do ask you, right? Do you want to share your data, let's say, with Apple to help them keep their systems up to date? What would you suggest many people do when that question pops up on their phones? I suggest no. Um, I am totally against sharing. And that's even on my personal phone, not just my work phone. Um, And we go through this in the article. If if you have an option, which a lot of the times we don't have options for things, but sometimes we do. And I think the answer should be no. How about you, Wesley? Yeah, I agree. I don't think we need to be sending information. There are huge corporations who have done a lot of testing, and they have a lot of data already. <laughs> so the less we can send out, the better. Yeah, same thing with your car. My car asked me that when I purchased a new car. Do you want me to, to send data to the car company? I was like, absolutely oh, no. not. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thanks. Um, one of the things I appreciated about the way in which y'all wrote the article was, I mean, as serious of a topic as this is and it's as intense as the experiences that you had, Monique, were, you write the articles sort of with this upbeat tone, i.e. referring, uh, Wesley, to yourself as a, uh, in a London fog with a perfectly popped uh, trench coat collar uh, kind of guy, which made me giggle. Monique, why that tone and tenor for something so serious? Okay, um, I will say that this whole experience has been very serious, but also you have to find the humor in it. Um, it it it's interesting that these are the times that we're in, right? Where we have to um, have this tone and and go about these things these ways this way. Because when I when I reached out to Wesley, I said, "Hey, I really need this, and this is why." And he's like okay, I'm going to get this done. And, you know, I didn't know what I was expecting, but when he reported back and he said, I did this, I did that. And, um, you know, I made sure that, you know, I wasn't seen doing this and I used cash for this and cash for that. it, It just blew my mind and I couldn't stop laughing. I said, we, we need to take readers down this detective E um, scene of Wesley getting in his car, putting on this trench coat, right, and and doing the thing, right? Because we all we all love these shows, Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> I just yeah, felt yeah. like I was living in one of these one of these episodes almost. Um, but it's completely real. It it is a serious topic, but I I'm glad that you were able to smile when you were reading it. 
I, I definitely did. All right, Wesley, I'm coming to you in your trench coat, moving through the London fog. Um, you embark on the journey to make this happen for Monique. Um, what was your first step? Talk about, Monique has already mentioned cash. Talk about cash. Where does cash fall into the first step of all of this? Cash is basically the way that you can keep yourself anonymous as far as making transactions. Any type of debit card or card just in general that you use innately is going to track you because you are the card holder. So keeping cash to buy these pieces that we needed to put together was critical. Um, and so I made a big effort to keep myself not drawing attention and, and have very little record of where I got the cash. So I just got cash back at the grocery store, um, for instance. And it's just it's just kind of comical what the steps you have to go through nowadays to get cash and then use that cash in the store. So, um, yes, <laughs> that's basically how it started. Okay, so you go to the grocery store, you get cash back, um, and then you went about trying to identify the proper service provider, which ended up being Mint Mobile. What made them the type of service provider uh, that would help uh, you reach the goal of getting Monique Sohn off the grid? The big thing with Mint and a lot of other prepaid phone plans is that the majority of them don't really offer or don't require a lot of personal information um, and they don't verify it. So uh, one thing that we were able to do was falsify, just make up a name and address and was able to get that account active. Um, we purchased the, the um, excuse me, the SIM card with cash and uh, it was it was very easy to set up. And then from phone plan to phone, what is the best kind of phone and what do you do with it? So the best kind of phone is something that's going to offer you options that we spoke about earlier as far as um, turning off certain features and notifications, data being sent to the manufacturer, for instance, stuff like that. Um, that would be either an, an Apple device like the iOS iPhone um, or an Android phone. Like, as I mentioned, both platforms offer a lot of options to the end user to keep their phones private including cellular. Um, so you can, on iOS and Android, turn off cellular connections to all the apps that you have on the phone, for instance. So that's critical. If you just had a normal phone that didn't have that, it may not have those features to help. Then you create a disposable email account. Uh, why and what is Proton for my listeners who may not know? Proton is a service that offers a free email account that you can use. They also offer products like VPN and other things. Um, it's They're a pretty good company. They've been around for a while. They have great reviews and they're easy to use. And again, don't require a lot of personal information in order to set your, your applications up. For my listeners who may not know, what is a VPN? VPN is a virtual private network and basically it masks where you are. And what I mean by where you are is your internet address, your IP address. And so it'll mask that. And your IP address is basically think of it like your, your home address. Okay, so masking where you are, that is a good segue to the next step. And that is connecting to Wi-Fi. Where did you go and why? I tried to pick the most uh, low key um, space. And that's going to be just a, a coffee house with free Wi-Fi. Um, you know, it is risky to go to a public Wi-Fi that's unsecure. But the time it took to actually set this up was nominal compared to being there all day to set it up. It was, took me maybe, maybe five, ten minutes, I would say, at the most. Um, and that risk is worth taking when you're only spending that much amount of time. And nobody knows that you're there. There's no record of you purchasing anything or doing anything. So it's, that's where I went. It was just a coffee shop down the street with free Wi-Fi. 
And if you are going to get coffee, again, uh, my assumption is that you should use cash while you were there. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's what, that's what kind of what made everything so comical is like just the steps that you have to go through. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then protecting the phone itself, um, you, you also talk about not using the passcode or the face ID. What should folks uh, use instead? Um, I think we did mention actually to use the passcode. Sorry, use the passcode, not the not the finger or the face ID. Excuse me. Yeah, finger and face ID. They've come to find out are actually they can be faked and duped. So that's one thing that that's on the rise, and I think that a lot of people are. A lot of corporations, I should say, are trying to move away from even biometric identification and just trying to go with passwordless um, authentication. And that's a whole other story, but we're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> um, we're, we're getting there, y'all. We're moving step through, through step, and then I'm going to bring you back in in, in just a second, uh, Monique. Okay, Wesley, so then post-setup, you've set up your phone. What do you do with Bluetooth? So Bluetooth, you want to turn off at all times. Bluetooth is another connection to your phone. And if there was, uh, say, a a bad actor near you within range, they could actually connect to your phone and access anything they wanted. Um, It's pretty amazing what can be done just through that Bluetooth connection. And we assume it's just for devices to connect. But you can actually connect to the phone in a way that you get into the actual operating system of the phone itself. So definitely keep Bluetooth off. All right. So, as as you say um, in in the article, Monique, it, it it does. It feels like uh, you say. Do you feel like you just ran a marathon after reading all of that? Do you need a moment to process? I sure did. So Wesley calls you. He gives you all this information. Your reaction, and and then the process. Well, we know what the process was, um, but then you. I'm assuming you took all of those steps. I did. I did. Um... I do want to note, though, that my my goal has never been total, you know, to be totally off the grid because I do need people to contact me and I do need to communicate with sources. Um, but the goal here for me was to be off the grid to a point where if my number gets compromised, I could just set up another one. Right. Um, and, you know, still have a form of communication with those people that need to speak with me people that I need to connect with uh, throughout my investigations. So the answer to your question is yes and no. Um, I, I've i made it clear to my sources that this is a safe space, that this line is a safe space, um, but that if it were to be compromised, they'll receive a message from me saying, hey, here's my new number. Um, and then we begin again. Can I ask you how many times you've had to begin again? So far, twice. Twice. Um, which segues sort of towards the end of this first article, right, that says that maintaining this cloak of invisibility comes with challenges. Um, Wesley, what are some of the challenges to maintaining the, the invisibility, as you all say in the article? I think the biggest thing is probably the phone plan. Um, you know, you have to maintain that, and honestly, as, as much as you can. And the problem is really comes down to the physical SIM cards themselves. Um, you would have to go and purchase another SIM card every time that you need it with cash and then go through the setup process again. It'll be a little easier because you've already set up the Mint Mobile account. Um, and when you get a new SIM card, it the first thing it asks you when you put it into the phone is, do you want to keep a number or get a new one? And so you just keep your number as you go on. And it's a little tedious. And so that that I think is like the big 
problem, if not, or I guess the the burden, I should say, of keeping your phone anonymous like this. Monique mentioned having a personal phone and a work phone in here on some of the golden rules of, of trying to stay uh, off the grid. You talk about what to do if you're traveling with your off the grid phone and a personal phone. What should people do? Um, yeah, if you're traveling with both phones, you want to make sure that basically one of them is off. You don't want both on at the same time um, because then you have two uh, IP addresses that could match up and you could be they could be linked together to track you. You also don't want any kind of uh, Bluetooth connectivity between the, the two as well. So just keeping one phone off is the best possible thing you can do while you're traveling. And if you have to use the other one that's off, turn the one that's on off and then turn the, the other one on again. So it's kind of a, again, it's a hassle. And then you say the the final and perhaps most vital rule is to use the phone strictly for its principal purpose. Please say more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't, for instance, want to put any kind of personal social media apps on your, your uh, safe phone, if you will. Um, another thing is a lot of applications specifically for personal use, like grocery store applications. If you have those apps on your phone and you walk into the store, it immediately knows that you're there and it will track you. So there's other things that do the same thing. But yeah, you just do not want to use this safe phone, the non phone, for any kind of um, personal type of items that connects you to the phone. Um, not recommended. All right. Um, so now your burner phone is all set up. Um, Monique, you all published this article. What was the response from readers? I was surprised to see how it resonated with so many people. Um, they were they had lots of follow-up questions, which we published in our second piece. But the overall response was super dynamic. I mean, I had emails from spies in other countries who were like, <laughs> I mean, we won't go there. Um, but then I also had emails from the average Joe, you know, just questioning, hey, I had no idea that my grocery app could do that. Hey, I had no idea that you know, X, Y, and Z could happen while I'm taking my child to school. Is it safe to take my child to school while carrying two phones? So I think those questions are super important. And I and I felt a sense of responsibility. I think we both did to answer them for our readers who value privacy as much as we do. Yes, yeah, so let's, let's actually walk. I'm sorry, uh, not just privacy, but safety. I think those are yeah. two very important things that are themes in this in these in the series. Um, it's not just about the privacy, but about the safety. Yeah. So for for folks who are just turning in tuning in, we are talking about how to get your phone off the grid, and we're about to talk a little bit about how to keep your phone off the grid. We're speaking to Monique Madden, who investigates tech at the intersection of criminal justice, social justice, government accountability, and immigration with the Markup, as well as Wesley Callow, who supports the Markup staff, product and tech needs, keeping equipment and software up to date and secure. And we started this article. Or started this interview uh, talking about some of the incidents that led you, Monique, to, to thinking, all right, I need to do something to protect myself, to keep safe. And as I was reading it, I'm thinking, yes, you know, this is a thing for journalists. This is a thing for uh, organizers. This is a thing perhaps for um, people that are, are fleeing domestic violence situations, right? Um, uh, particularly those folks we know in law enforcement, right? They have much higher numbers of having violence inside of their homes. Um, this is this is not just you know for for specialized professions. There, there's lots of reasons why folks may need 
to get and keep their phone off the grid. Um, so you do do a follow-up article uh, without a trace, how to keep your phone off the grid, and there are some questions that you go through. And, and I want to walk through a couple of those with my listeners in the, I think we have about like six, seven minutes left. So the first one says, um, and I don't know who wants to take this, is it true that if I don't want someone to track me, I shouldn't do personal tasks with a burner phone on me, let go to an ATM, get groceries, or pick up my child from school, especially if I have my personal phone on me too? Monique, you touched on this a little bit. Wesley, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I think the only thing I'd like to add is kind of the first uh, bullet point that we responded to that question with was just turn off location services. It's something that is on most phones and most apps really like you to use it so they can track where you are. Turn that off right away. Um, another good thing is just use the airplane mode. That's another great way that you can quickly turn off things like location services and reduce how much data is being transmitted out to the world. And then you also talk about maybe just leave your personal phone behind, right? Like, if you, if that's you don't the need big, it, you don't kind of take that's it. The, yeah, that's the big hammer solution. <laughs> just leave it behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Question two. Uh, if I open an email address or a grocery rewards account with a burner phone number, does that make my line easily discoverable to advertisers or bad actors? Monique. Absolutely. Do not use an anonymous burner phone to register for anything. Um, this is going to give other actors, bad actors, just a whole timeline of your life. So don't do that. And then we go to, um, and Wesley, I'll just ping pong between the two of you. Uh, Wesley, is it too risky to make a phone call from a burner phone, or is it better to solely text a contact? Um, honestly, I think that either one is okay, but standard SMS or iMessage on iOS uh, is not really recommended. If you're going to do messaging, you might want to use a secure app like Signal, for instance. Um, it's encrypted messaging. And also have your virtual private network, your VPN, up and running. Um, and then I, th I thought this was an interesting question. Are Android messaging systems more secure than Apple or vice versa? Monique? Yeah, so it's really hard to generalize this and make a blanket statement. Um, so in the article, we actually compare end-to-end um, -end encryption, default encryption, app permissions. Um, I'd pass this over to Wesley since he did the majority of the research on this. Yeah, I think, um, Monique, you did a good job summing it up. There's a lot to cover, and I think that they're, it's basically, it's, there's six and one half dozen of the other. I think they make up for each other in different areas where the others are lacking. So I think that you're good to go on either one. The critical part is that you make sure that you understand things like the app permissions and the updates and whatnot, and especially the third-party applications, what those have access to just by default. All right, I want to throw one of my own questions in here, and I'm, I don't know that either of you will have the answer, but perhaps I know that, you know, it, in those hyper hypothetical situations where maybe I was in meetings where phones were perhaps um, not welcome, folks were concerned that if law enforcement was trying to maybe bring charges uh, regarding an action that might have happened after that meeting, that the group disabling, right, the, the ability for their phones to be tracked could be something that could be utilized in court. Do either of you know the answer to that question? I think they definitely need a subpoena from a judge, but I don't think it's off the table. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Wesley, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, it's definitely not off the table entirely. And that's a big 
you know, thing that we try and bring up is that, you know, if the if you're drawing enough attention and you are interesting enough to actually go through the trouble of, of manipulating your phone or your, anything tracking your data, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. Um, all right, then we've got if I post or send a photo or video on social media or a messaging platform like WhatsApp or SMS from my burner phone, can someone find me? Wesley. I would say yes. Oh, okay. Um, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Monique. No, no, go. Oh, go, yeah, go please. <laughs> um, you know, I'm constantly posting on social media, and one of the habits that I have um, established for myself as of many years, um, it's been several years now, is wiping the metadata off any photo or video, even if I'm reporting live from somewhere or covering a protest or it, it might be totally obvious where I am, but I've, I've just made it a habit to wipe my metadata um, and just not really let people know where I am and when I'm there. So if if you're on vacation and you want to post a photo and, and, you know, this is outside the realm of journalism and reporting, I think a good habit is, you know, don't don't tell every anyone where you're at at the moment that you're there because you're just cre you're, you're just basically map putting yourself on the map and a timestamp on there, too. Yeah, that's that's a practice I have. I post my pictures after I've already left the location. Um, Correct. I think a lot of organizers that are, you know, in the public eye, that's a, a practice for them. Um, and then there's this question, keeping along the scandal or how to get away with murder uh, theme. <laughs> what about government spy agencies? Can they still find you, Wesley? I mean, it's the government. Um, they have access to all kinds of resources and money. And so, yeah, I think if you are somebody who's drawing attention to yourself and they have reason to go after you, I think, you know, that's probably going to happen. I remember when I was in uh, college studying information technology and specifically network security, they all say, really, if they want to find you or get information from you and they have the resources, they will do it. So, yeah. You all say at the top, first of all, I'm just so grateful for these articles and for this series, so I just want to thank you for the work. Um, you say at the top of the article that you want to protect your readers from digital harm. In addition to phones, what other types of digital harm should people be aware of? Um, and and are these are these harms addressed in your Level Up series in the markup? Monique? Um, I don't think we address other tech harms in in this series at this point in time um but i think the same goes for anything even your laptop you know especially now you have bluetooth on your laptop you have the ability to do everything you do on your phone on a computer right it's like you have your messaging integrated so if you're gonna try to keep your laptop off the grid don't connect your iMessages to your laptop just try to keep it um, as clean as possible. That would be my advice, which is something we also practice here at the markup. Um, but yes, I we ha we go through deep lengths, right, to to keep our sources as safe as possible and ourselves as safe as possible. Um, in my throughout my career, you know, I I get phone calls from people in the middle of the night who are crossing the border who are, have been separated from their families these are my my focus um my coverage is deeply people focused and i just want to reiterate that you know we we've, we've had a lot of tech talk today during 
this conversation, but it all boils down to people. And this is why I take this so seriously. Thank you for those final words. Wesley, your, your closing thoughts for my listeners in the last 45 seconds we've got. Yeah, I think um, Monique really hit the spot as far as what I want to say, but I'll just add to it that um, I think for many years we've all thought that the connectivity and the syncing between our devices is really convenient, but that convenience can actually lead to things we don't want. So keep that in mind and maybe don't link everything that together as possible um, and that can help you stay anonymous. Right. It's like the the lure of the convenience, right, is, yeah. is helping us be, be tracked, quite literally. Um, yeah. And that's sort of the insidious nature of it all. I want to thank you both so much for coming on the show. I hope you will uh, come back. We'll certainly continue to follow your work on the markup. Thank, thank you, guys. We've been speaking with Monique Madden, who investigates tech at the intersection of criminal justice, social justice, government, accountability, and immigration with the markup, and Wesley Callow, who supports the markup staff product and tech needs, keeping equipment software up to date and secure. They have two articles in the markup. One is Without a Trace, How to Take Your Phone Off the Grid, and the second one is Without a Trace, How to Keep Your Phone Off the Grid. Both articles in the markup are part of what they are calling the Level Up series. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.